0: hey thank you guys coming out again um you know i've I've told everybody else who was here before but um, i've been on a journey uh god's been running me this journey around studying and learning about the kingdom of god now it's been 18 years and it's an interesting thing because in this 18 years if i had one choice right now if someone were to ask me i'll never have that happen but if somebody were to ask me Hey, could you come and speak real quick at our church? I, You know, right now, right right now. Could you come and speak right now? Um, th- there's one message that if I had a chance, I would, get, I would do it, and that's the message we're going to talk about tonight, about the kingdom. I don't know of anything that it does a better job of explaining what the kingdom's all about, how it works, its importance. Just everything about it comes out in the passage we're going to be working with tonight. And so it's really... Uh, I just want to—it's just, just to my heart. It just warms my heart whenever I get a chance to. Um, but before we start, I was going to write on my dry erase board, but um, we had a little problem with that. The wind blew it over, <laughs> and broke it. So we won't be using that tonight, But Matthew six thirty-three, and I'm just going to take the first part of that, and the part that says, "Seek first the kingdom of God okay so just imagine if I had that written on the board behind me seek first the kingdom of God Matthew 6 now I want to ask you what does that verse mean there are a lot of verses in the Bible that are words because we don't really know what they mean <laughs> so they're they're really nice we know those um, how many of you know the song seek first seek first the Only the old people know day. it. Yeah, oh, yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> well, it was it 1969 or 70? I uh, can't remember her name now. I'm blanking on her name. But anyway, she wrote a really really beautiful song on Seek First the Kingdom of God. And uh, so we, we knew it real well from that. But to most people, it's just, it's just a phrase. We don't have a... Uh, it doesn't mean anything to us. So what do you think when Seek First the Kingdom of God? What do you think the word Seek means in this... Because that that'll help us. What do you got, me? Seek any idea? Well, let me give you a hint. Okay. Now, if you've had any of my classes, uh, Micah should remember. Sarah should remember.
1: That was a long time ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago, but um,
0: Sarah was a lover. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be using this verse, and so I. I brought a hundred dollar bill in the in the class, and I hit it. And Are then, you doing this again? Uh, no, we're not. Dog, no, oh, we got to have more money not. now. We got to yeah. come on. We've got a lot more money. Everybody's gotten older. So I hit it, and then I told everybody I wanted them. I says, if you can find it, I'm giving you what I give them ten minutes or something. If you find it, it's yours. Um, exploded. You know, everybody's in the class exploded. And they're all running around everywhere trying to find it. Never found it. You know, and then I pull it out. I think the first one was in my. Sock in my shoe, right there. It was just in my sock. You could just reach to my sock and pull it out. Oh, yeah. But I've done that five or six times, and no one's ever found it. One was even hidden in the guy's Bible. One of the guys was looking for it. You know, never went to his Bible. He went through mine, but he didn't go through his. But um, I, I do this to, to to try to demonstrate a concept of what seeking is. Okay. Now, now at your age, now a hundred bucks wouldn't probably get you quite so energetic and fired up to go find it. But if I said Okay. I
1: think, I think you're mistaken.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm unemployed. Oh yeah, that's true now. A lot of college people here. Yeah, you're you're hungrier now than yeah. you were then. Yeah. Your parents tell you that. Yeah. No. <laughs> they stopped, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. so if I said, Hey, I got ten thousand dollars hidden in this grove here and says, Go, you got ten minutes to find it, there wouldn't be anybody sitting at this table here when it got done, I can guarantee you hey, that. I said <laughs> I think ten thousand would really get you moving in in a quick fashion, but that's the idea of seeking. It's you want it that intently. You're going to go after it, and nothing's going to get in your way. I don't care. I'm going to go find it. And I had people poking around and everywhere on me trying to find when you know the kids would be, and they were looking in everything trying to find it. Nothing was sacred. I mean, they were going everywhere to find it. So that's the concept of of trying to seek the kingdom. You're, you're going to go after it in that matter, but it has to do with, with in your brain, uh, meditating, pondering, reasoning. Um, it even goes into, as far as this word in the Greek means to crave. Actually crave it so intently. You're, you want it above and beyond all things. So that's the seek part of it, okay? Now we've got first. Seek first. What do you think first means? The Greek word to choose there. What do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. you got to go to the bathroom? No. <laughs> no. Oh, <number> one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Not second. <laughs> Not second first, um, but it has to do with your, your, you're hungering after this, you want this, you're craving this, you're, you're going after it. But this first is in a series of things. Okay. So, like it, like when in fact when it when it introduces the apostles you know and they talk about all 12 of them it starts with with Peter because Peter's the first one called it starts with first Peter not meaning he's actually more important than the others it has that sense of importance to it but it's importance in a whole series of things I'm going to start here and go through these so it has that concept so now seeking that first what is it that he's wanting us to seek first when you look at more than all the other things. you know the passage? He tells us a few things there, three things in particular, that he wants you to seek this more than these things. What are the, these things that you're supposed to go after it more? Can you think of what it is? Water, food and clothing. There you are, exactly. You've had you've had drinks, you've had food and you're dressed. And you were seeking some warmer clothes here. So more than those, um you're to seek first the kingdom. Now, I here's can. the problem. Here's the problem. What? I can. I can. <laughs> um, here, Here's the problem, though. When we see that phrase, seek first the kingdom of God, unfortunately, the kingdom of God doesn't mean anything to us. So therefore, in our brains, there's nothing germinating for me to go hungry. There's nothing to get up and go seek after there's nothing to go look for to crave to want to desire to more than any other thing to go after that so unfortunately it's a phrase that doesn't go anywhere now just real quickly we've been talking about this a little bit who can tell me and I'm going to ask those who who known it from the classes we've done before who can give me the definition we've been working and showing and talking about anybody do that that's not hasn't been in the classes I thought what is this, the definition of? of the kingdom biblical definition of the kingdom see how your memories are doing for the last few weeks anybody got it no okay I kind of figured so now how about uh, you want to try it Me? you've been in the classes but you can I, I, you I can try the, the old-timers. The old-timers. Okay. <laughs> A
1: A <laughs> uh, people surrender to
0: the rule of God. The word before surrender. You're going good though. Really?
1: Will yeah, be willing here. Okay, a hey, people willingly surrender to the will of
0: God. Uh, not quite will, not and quite will. Words, okay? So, okay. Um will. I can give you guys. What's it instead of will? Reign
1: willingly surrender to the reign of God and
0: actually all right, there we go. Say it again. Say it again. A people willingly
1: surrender to the reign of God and actively participated in an intimate partnership with
0: him. There you go. Now, that definition. If you have that definition and you come across Matthew 6, 33, seek first the, what now? Surrendering to the relationship of surrender to the reign of God and You're seeking first the intimate partnership with God. You see, now that has some substance to it. That's what he's telling us to seek after. it, it, It has real feet on that concept, that word. Now, when you hear or you read your Bible and you see something about the kingdom, you know what it's talking about keep working on that cuz every time you read a verse and it's talking about the kingdom that's the biblical definition now in the greek the, the greek word basilia that just means the reign of a king it's simple but the the bible as god lays it out he puts so much more emphasis on it of what is actually makes up that kingdom okay and we're we'll going to be exploring that and seeing that's what we're doing is we're examining the definition biblically speaking we're going to look at how that all shows up in the bible where it's all at. So, anyway, now if you keep learning that, when you think of a verse, Matthew 6, 33, now it'll have some substance with that word of what the kingdom means. And now that becomes what, when Jesus said, seek that first, now you know what he's talking about. That's what he wants at the foremost thought of our energy, our time, our commitment, our desire of what he wants. That's what he said is the most important thing to seek after. Okay? So, we're going to continue on with that, though. We're gonna we're gonna go digging into just one of the great passages dealing with the kingdom, and we're we're working again off of the definition. We're trying to explain the definition. So we first started with um, we first started with explaining these people. i to pass some that way, and again you should text them that way. And then Joel, would we'll you slide some behind you over there to the group behind you? Um, we started talking about the people. So then, without looking, what would be the topic of this one? We left the people. We already talked about that. What would be this part as the heading of this part we're looking at? A people then what? Willingly surrendered, Willingly surrendered to, the to the reign of God. That's right. That's what we're looking at now. Let's go over to our passage. Luke 19. So I want us all to read this. This is one of the great passages on the kingdom. There's so many. I don't know if you realize it, but just the word kingdom. There's a lot of places in the New Testament that are talking about the kingdom that don't even use the word, and yet they're talking about it. But just the word is found 151 times in the New Testament, and probably 100, I counted it one time, I'm trying to remember, it was 138 probably I mean, 138 of them, all deal with the kingdom of God, the, the kingdom that's there. Sometimes they're talking about the kingdom of, of, it might be Rome, their kingdom or Satan's kingdom, but the majority of those all talk about the kingdom of God. So obviously, this is a pretty important subject. And there's a lot of other verses in the, in the New Testament that are dealing with it without even using the word. So it's going to show up and come up. This one here is such an important passage, but this one's a parable. People have a tendency to kind of blow over a parable we we don't we kind of kind of don't think of them as strongly as we might um, Jesus just making a statement about something but Jesus is making a statement about something he's in a parable that's what he does every time he uses one he's making a statement about something he wants to teach and he can he, you know, he can say more in few words than anybody in history. I mean, you think about it when he started the Beatitudes out. Just the first Beatitude. Who can tell me, first Beatitudes? You know, you could write there has been books written about that subject. He says, blessed like, are the poor in spirit. There's the are you, are kingdom you, of heaven. Are you like advertising your own? No, business? no. <laughs> 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 you, didn't hear that. you don't need to. You don't need to. <laughs> You're a heckler. Get back over oh, there with yeah, that group sorry, over there. Sorry. <laughs> um, but Jesus can say so much with so few words. It's incredible what he can say. So he takes this parable and he begins to lay out for us one of the great, great, great truths of what everything's all about. And and you see, we've been talking about the purpose when we see it, we look at the kingdom, we look at Matthew 25, 34, we start to see the purpose. Why God created us? I mean, why in the world did He create us? When well, you start seeing it right there, and He gives us this great purpose of what our lives are all about. Well, yeah, you'll really see it here. That purpose is going to come out very, very beautifully. So let's read it through. Um, do I have any volunteers? I want to just uh, take it and read. We're going to read. If you look at your paper, you'll see we're going to start down here at eleven and read down to twenty-seven. So you got a few a few verses. If anybody would like to read it? Josh, take it away. Yeah, 11 to 27.
1: As they heard these things, he proceeded to tell his parable because he was near to Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. He said, therefore, if no man went to a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then returned, calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minas and said to them, engage in business until I come. For his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered those servants to whom he had given the money. He called to him, that he might know what they had gained by doing business. The first came before him, saying, Lord, your mina was your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in very little, you shall have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, your mina has made five minas. And he said to him and you are to be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Lord, here is your money which I kept straight away split away in anger. For I was afraid of you, because you were a severe man, take what you did not deposit, and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man, taking what I did not deposit, and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank, Now, that might me, I might have collected it little Then he said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him, and give it to the one who has ten miners. And they said to him, Lord, he has ten miners. I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has, be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine, who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here, and slaughter them before me.
0: Okay pretty intense words here about the kingdom right here subtle Subtle, isn't he (laughs) yes yeah he's real subtle he doesn't pull back too much does he um so i got i got your paper and i want us to go through and put answers on your paper because you're going to draw from that at the end okay so now jesus is telling this parable of the nobleman and he's he's doing this in response to the pharisees that were around him who said when is the kingdom coming and so now he gives them this parable so this is they're talking about the kingdom and he's going to give them a parable all about the kingdom now who when you read this who's the nobleman representing why do you say that talking about his kingdom he came to receive a kingdom Uh, it also says something else in there it's very pertinent to this being jesus later on down the road it says he came and then he's going to do what he's going to return and then he says when he returns what's he going to do what's he doing when he returns
1: he received the kingdom
0: he did but it, what, when he returns he, then he does something very specific here his servants. he does what well he takes authority what's he do with that authority
1: well he brings the servants and looks at what they did that's
0: exactly right he steps into a place of judgment over everybody then those who were following him, those who did not, he steps in and then places authority. On him. There's only one person the Bible speaks about is doing that, and that's Jesus. And so it's very obvious he's speaking of Jesus here as you look through. So Jesus is the nobleman. That's who it represents. Okay. So put that one in there. Now, what did then the nobleman come to do? Very specific. He came to get a kingdom. So the first time he came... It says he came down. It says that's what he came to do. So now, if before this, okay, if we just had a quick little gathering, and I said, "Can you tell me why Jesus came?" Most likely, I would never hear he came to get a kingdom. He came seeking to save that which was lost, which it says above it. Um, you know, so you'd hear things, some things like this, but here, very explicitly, the goal of him coming was to get a kingdom. Now, now think now for a moment. What's the definition of the kingdom? Move it from that word and give me some substance. So what did he come to get?
1: Yeah, what? A people willingly surrender to the reign of God. Yep. What's the rest of it? <laughs> With him.
0: With him. <laughs> Now you see when it says this, what did he come to get? People. Yes. Who are going to willingly surrender to his reign. Do you see that coming up in this parable quite a bit? Going to surrender to his reign and then actively participate in an intimate partnership with him. That part of it is not so much, it it is, but it's a little more subtle. We'll have passages when we get to that part of the definition that we're going to look biblically that are so emphatic about it. But it's subtle here, but it's absolutely in this passage, too. Okay, so now, what did the nobleman come to do? He came to get a kingdom. How were the people of the kingdom to relate to that nobleman? As servants.
1: Is the word servant or is the word slave? It's slave.
0: It's actually slave. Yeah, they are to be his slaves. The actual word for slavery. You were a slave. And that was the relationship the nobleman came to get and build his kingdom with was people were going to be his slaves that doesn't sit well with us i know it doesn't um there's, there's not too many people who run around and go Woohoo! i just found out that i'm supposed to be a slave how are the people of the kingdom to relate to the nobleman okay now let's go a little further with it if you look at the next one what did the nobleman call those in his kingdom what did he call them those in his kingdom are called slaves. Yeah, they're slaves. You're my slaves. That's what he calls them. But well, let's go back up to the one above it. How are the people of the kingdom to relate to the nobleman? Let's change that. How are the people? Let's change that. I want you to scratch it out for a minute now. Now that you know what it is, scratch out people and put slaves. How are these slaves of the kingdom to relate to the nobleman? Now that makes it a little bit different, doesn't it? So now. What do you read in this passage of how are they to relate to him? What do you see in there? You need to fill that in a little bit a little bit more intently. How are they to relate to him? What do you see in the passage in that parable?
1: It says they were supposed to do business uh, until he comes back with what he gave them.
0: Yes, their job. They had a job to do as a slave, they got a job to do, and their job was to do business, and how does he define that business, what were they trying to do, grow that kingdom. do it, grow, grow the kingdom, that, that's what he put them in charge to do, he left, he leaves, and leaves his people, who have surrendered to him, that he leaves, that puts a kingdom in their hands, and says, now grow it, grow that kingdom, That's my kingdom that I came to get. Now I'm putting you in charge of expanding it for me. And now you see where that intimate partnership, it isn't, you're not on your own. (laughs) You're doing his work with him. But that's what he left us to do. So, man, we've been talking about the kingdom and about the purpose. Now, what is the purpose for human beings on this planet? He came to restore us to do what? you had to be partnered with him to grow his kingdom, to get more people in it. That really kind of shrinks down the guesswork of what in the world God wants me to do in my life. That's pretty simple. Okay, that really is simple. Now, next question. He gave them, though, minas to work with. What do the minas represent? It tells us in the passage. Talents. What is it? Talents. No, what does it say in there? What do you, what do you got? Does it say talent? What's it say in there? So what what are these minus? It tells us in there. It gives us a real quick word. What is it? Money. Ah, there it is. Money. Now, how many of how many of us here work? I can't raise my hand. How many of you work? <laughs> I'm retired, baby. Really? Yeah. Yes. What are you working for? Money. Money. What's your money supposed to be used for? Growing, the kingdom. Growing his kingdom. Does that mean you can't use it for your life? Well, no. Be dead if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Was was a talent a form of currency? Um, a talent, if you're if you're looking at most of the times it's translated in the Greek when it comes out talent, it'll be referring to a monetary no. means of some sort.
1: Well, in a barter uh, system, if you have a talent for making boats or making boats for your living, that's right.
0: Exactly that's right. right. It's, it's it's pretty wide but gap what of what it, it could means mean. Here? Here, it's strictly money. The one that's used here is strictly money. Okay, But we know, biblically speaking, it's it's going to entail more.
1: Money, or is it? does it represent money for us today, if we're looking at it, okay. and trying to learn something? Or does it represent something else that he's given us?
0: This is why we always like Caleb in our group. See, he sits up in the front and out there with the hecklers, because <laughs> he always asks the question that needs to be answered, that everybody else is thinking, but nobody asks, asks himself perfect perfect question now how is it best to, to answer that question now we could get real theological go into all the words explain them all and everything else but right here in the middle right in this passage Jesus did a pretty good job explaining it and if you read it through what were they to do with the minus and how did they get the minus he gave them he gave them a minus and he, they, and he what were they to do to with multiply it? them and they were to multiply them now you can see in in other passages of the Bible, it'll be talking about talent or a spiritual gift that you would have. So in in what Jesus is talking about here, it's very easy to see he's talking about any of those. Because what are we to do with those? Grow His kingdom. That's our purpose. He gives us gifts, he gives us talents, and we think we earn the money. But he you know he can stop that in a heartbeat. Now. Again, we were t- been talking about purpose. Wow, uh, you know what? What is my life about? Everything about me is to be directly involved with. We'll say it. Doing what? No. Say it. Of people? <laughs> grow. Helping to grow up. <laughs> it's
1: always the heckler. See if your group can finish it. The reign of God, yes, and actively participate, yes, in an intimate partnership with Him. There we go. There we go. Yes.
0: (laughs) 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 But now do you see why having a definition, having a substance to that word, that's what we're to use our money for. That's what we're to use our talents for. That's what we're to use our spiritual gifts for to help grow that definition of the kingdom because that's what Jesus came to get. <laughs> now, that really reduces down what my life's all about. Shouldn't it? That's not real hard after that. That's pretty simple. That's what I give my life to. And doesn't matter what else I do in my life if I'm not doing that. Well, we see what happens to that person. Well, let's go on and we'll see. Let's continue on then. What did the nobleman expect the slaves to do with their minas? That's pretty obvious here, what we've been talking about. What is that?
1: Grow the
0: kingdom. Grow the kingdom. Use it to grow the kingdom. How did the nobleman treat those in his kingdom who who obeyed him? How did he treat them when he came back? He gave them more. He gave them more. And it didn't matter if they, you know, if they started with ten and, and gave got more, if they started with five because he does that it didn't matter they used what he gave them to then use it to grow his kingdom that was all that mattered it wasn't that oh man i got more than i did that's not how jesus works if i gave you five and you used your five use it all you're you've done as well as the guy who got ten that's how jesus looks at it so it's using what he gave us to grow his kingdom now, next question though, flip the page and look at this one, now- You missed one. Did I miss one there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, me? no, no. No, 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 no just I got that. that. Yes. Yeah. So then, let's the, look at the, the next one though, because there's three people. There's one that has ten minus, one that has five, and one that did nothing. He did nothing with his. He hid it, buried it, did nothing. So now, this person though, was in his kingdom. So we got two types of people here. Following on this, we got the person in his kingdom who did nothing with it, and then we got those that didn't get into his kingdom. We'll look at them in a minute. But this is a person who was in his kingdom, but he did nothing. What? How did? How did he? What did he do with those? How did he treat those? He took everything from them. Oh yeah, exactly. Man, he took away everything he gave it to him, that he gave to him to do something with. Chastised him, ripped him royally. And took it all away and gave it to the one who took his and did great with it. Oh, that's a lesson. (laughs) That's a lesson that should be on our doorpost of our house every time we walk outside or open our checkbook or stand in front of the mirror. It should say, what are you doing with yours today? (laughs) So we don't forget. Because, boy, he holds us accountable to what he gave us. And he holds us accountable to do what with all the talents, the money, the, the spiritual gifts. What does he expect us to do with it? Grow. Grow the kingdom. Yes. Now let's go down to the next one, though, because that next one is really important. The next person. How did the nobleman treat those who would not willingly surrender to his reign? He slaughtered them. Yeah! All right. <laughs> he, he slaughtered them. And he says, "Bring them right here in front of me, and slaughter them." Jesus is not messing around when it comes to what he taught and about his kingdom. If you're not in it, that is what he says is going to be your net result. You're going to get slaughtered in front of him. Now, big question on this part here. What we've learned right here so far, I mean, it, he's really emphatic about it. How do you get it in the kingdom? How do you get in the kingdom? submit to him isn't that right to his reign it's so obvious he says those are, that we don't want him to reign over us he's not going to rule me i don't like him he's not ruling me okay and he allows that he allows that because you see how you get in is a willing surrender if you don't want to surrender he didn't force him he forces no one into his kingdom if you want in it, you surrender to him. It's that simple. It's just a matter of bowing your heart, surrendering to him, saying, you're my king, I'm your slave. That's pretty simple, except for my flesh, it doesn't want to do that. But I mean, that's what he says here. How you get in this kingdom, pretty, pretty amazing. We could try to dress it up in a thousand ways, but he's pretty simple and pretty clear here. Okay, next question. What did you learn about the people who willingly surrender to the reign of God from this passage? What do you learn about those people? What do you, what do you see here? What's that? Held they are held accountable. Absolutely. You, you want to come in this kingdom? There's some accountability, some expectation that comes with that. It's, it's not a sense of, and I know I've been there, done this, and, you know, we think, oh, okay, you got saved, you're saved from hell, Woo-hoo! and you go do anything you want. <laughs> that doesn't fit here, does it? <laughs> okay, you're in my kingdom. What are you supposed to do? Serve the king. Serve him in his reign. My life is to be about building his kingdom. Pretty emphatic statement. Really, can't even argue with it. That's what he wants. But now, when you know the definition of what he says here in the kingdom, now you can you can see the first part of it: a people willingly surrendered to the reign of God. Boy, did he just lay that out for us? That's exactly what his kingdom's all about: it's a people willingly surrendered to his reign. But Now, the second part of that, and actively participate in an intimate partnership with him. Now, I said it was subtle. Can you see the subtleness of that part of this definition? It'll be big in another passage, but can you see it here? How do you see it? What do you see here? An intimate partnership with him. Where do you, what do you see? Where is that scene? Well, the growing in implies action. It implies action, yes, yes. And, and how are you going, how is that action going to take place? What are you doing? You're growing his kingdom. See, you're partnering up, not to go do what a want to do. It's not a partnership with God to go serve myself. It's a partnership to serve what He wants, to serve what He's doing, what His plan is all about. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's what we first started out with, Matthew 25, 34. When did He build the whole concept of the kingdom and what it was going to be all about? When did He start that, according to Matthew 25, 34? the foundation of the world that's been his plan all along that's where he's going that's what he's doing that's what it's all about and so when you can catch that and understand that as you continue to read oh my gosh this stuff just starts jumping out at you so much so we'll spend more time about in developing that whole concept of that intimate partnership but you can see it in here but here's where we're going and what we're doing I'm going to have you just break off here and uh, I want you to we're going to do a little praying Okay, but but here's what I want to do. We're going to pray about what we're just going to do. One of the things we really want to do, and we all of us talked about it, who are here, and and even Eric, who's standing over there, (laughs) being a good dad. Um, We've talked about this that when we when we dig into the Bible, when we hear what Jesus said, when we hear what God says, when we look into this it isn't to just be read it isn't just to be preached it's a call to us it's a call on our lives to do something and so we're hoping our our prayer is that we pray during the week for this our our goal is what we want to do is we want a group of people who take this seriously and want to be a part of that we want to join in together we want to help each other we want to take part in in doing exactly what jesus said here use my talent use my money use my spiritual gifts to help grow his kingdom and 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 we know what that kingdom means now so we want to take part in that so we want to pray about that so look down here at the bottom first forget the verses for a moment um look down here we to spend some time thinking about what jesus said in luke 19 about how or where you can align your life to be in harmony with the truth Jesus taught about his kingdom and his passage, think about what now. Where can you? Get yourself in harmony. Where is it out of harmony? Where is it not what I'm reading here? Where am I not fitting into that? Okay, and looking at that and going wow because now that I've heard this truth mm, He holds me accountable to it. See he we that's the whole goal is we want to think about this stuff But we're not just gonna think about it. So now Look down below. Consider your relationship to Jesus the King and you being his slave. How much is that in harmony with you being a slave with him? And being in harmony with what he's doing. Just ask yourself, look at that. Next one. Consider how you can improve spending your money to help grow his kingdom and your talents and your spiritual gifts. Where can I where can I improve it now? What can I do better? Consider how you can use your spiritual gifts and talents to help grow the kingdom that Jesus came to get. Now, we want you to think about that and pray about it. And you can do it, one on, by yourself, you can get with two or three people to do it. But here's what I want you to Look up the verses now. Two verses to think about. James 4, 2, the second part of it, be, and, and 3. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive. <laughs> and the Bible just nails this, doesn't it? Because you ask with wrong motives, so you may spend it on your pleasures. Look at our parable. What were they working for? Their pleasures or Jesus, the king? That's what it was about. Next verse, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You know what that also means? If we're asking things that aren't according to His will, oh, well, He hears you, but He's not responding to them. So, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked Him. Now, think about this. We just went over in this parable. And we think about these three things down here. Now you can emphatically pray according to Know that he hears you, and know that because it is according to his will, guess what he's going to do? Answer that prayer. So, we want to just spend a little time here, and it's all up to you. I'm not going to ring a bell and say, okay, you've been there three minutes, you're done. You want to spend three, you want to spend ten, you want to spend thirty. It's up to you, and you can do it by yourself, or you can grab a little group around you, talk about it, and pray together about it. But from this point on, that's what we'd like to do. Okay, so if you need to get warmer, you can run over to our tent. You know, you can do anything to get away if you want to get warmer or just gather around anywhere and just do that. And you're done when you decide to get done, okay? That's up to you, between you and God. But I hope when you get done, it doesn't stay here. Let's, let's take this during the week and keep considering this parable of what Jesus said about the kingdom—this is life. This is the Christian life, and so let's take that with us when we go. Okay? Let's let's pray to start this, and then you guys can all break up and go do what you want to do. Father, your word is so clear to us. Um, we apologize. We apologize greatly for not giving it its due not paying attention to it like we should and certainly not responding to it like you want us to. These are vital words to us here in this parable. Such important words. They give us the whole purpose for our lives. And yet it's so easy for us, Lord, to dismiss them because you allow us to willingly surrender and and you've told us our flesh doesn't want to do that. Father, we just want to go spend some time with you and hear your voice. We want to hear you talk to us. We want to have open ears. We want to have a heart that responds to you like you want us to. Lord, there's nothing else we ever do in our lives that's more vital, more important, more purposeful than serving you, your will, what you want to do with us, why you created us, which is all about growing your kingdom. So, Father, instill in us tonight, let this be a first step, if there's not been one before. And if there's been others, Lord, then let there be many, many more that follow this. Start us afresh. Start us new. Start us to get on that road to your kingdom that will consume us everything about us so we hear the words well done my slaves well done that we come into your presence that's all we want to hear lord so thank you thank you father for if it was not for christ these this parable wouldn't be possible for us and these words would mean nothing to us but thank you that christ opened the door for us to be in your kingdom and to serve you in his kingdom And we thank you for him, for his sake. He's the one that deserves all the praise. Amen.